Hello, hello. You are tuned in to a brand new episode of Tide Pod. And today, y'all just honestly better buckle up because we are joined by Victoria Albina, who is a certified life coach and breathwork meditation guide with a passion for helping women realize that they are their own best healers so that they can break free from codependency, perfectionism, and the people pleasing so that we can actually reclaim our own joy. This is the type of conversation that I pretty much live for, and I couldn't be more excited. So as I said, you're going to want to fasten your seatbelt, make sure you open up that notebook, grab whatever beverage suits your needs right now, because we are going to dive in. Hello, my friend, it's Tiana Tai, Team Dynamics Consultant and Trained Industrial Organizational Psychologist, helping you to become a better leader than your last boss. And right now, you are tuning in to the go-to podcast for entrepreneurs building and leading teams, hiring, onboarding, management, or maybe you just want some general advice about building your business. Well, let me assure you, you are in the right place. So go ahead, crack open a fresh notebook because you are listening to TIPOD. I've got to take just a quick second to ask you for a serious bit of support. TIPOD would not be possible without your reviews, your comments, and just all of the positive feedback that we've been receiving so far. So if you haven't already, please go on, hit subscribe to make sure you're not missing out on any of this good and free content, and also be sure to leave a review. You may think that I'm not looking at them, but I swear to you, my friend, I read every single review and it just makes my heart so happy. So if you haven't already done so, Hit pause, leave a review, and then let's get back to the goodness. So, Victoria, I'm honestly just going to pass this immediately over to you because I want to hear more about your story, your journey, what led you into doing this work in the first place. Oh, well, thank you. I am just delighted to be here. So thank you. Thank you. Um, I use she, her pronouns. I generally live on occupied Lenape territory in New York, and I am currently on occupied unceded Mapuche territory just south of Buenos Aires, Argentina, which is where I'm from. And uh, my journey is one the story of a, of a tiny immigrant who came to the U.S. during a dirty war, during uh, the genocide that happened in my country from 1976 to 1982 and landed in Rhode Island. It's a fascinating place to be. Um, my, my journey into the health and wellness space came, like so many of us, from being really, really, really sick myself. So I had what was diagnosed as irritable bowel syndrome, which if anyone listening is like, oh, I've got that, you know, it's, it's BS, right? They don't find anything really wrong, like uh, demonstrable wrong with you. And so they're like, you've got the IBS, please leave my office. So I was sick for a very, very long time and didn't find the help I needed from allopathic medicine and didn't know where else to turn. When the gut microbiome is a hot mess, and I say those words very lovingly, right? Um, the depression and anxiety are part of the story because that's how physiology, because science, quite frankly. And so through my own journey of my own healing, I came to understand that what I thought was all physiology 
was in fact the interplay of, of my physiology and my mindset through the vagus nerve, through and through the lens of codependent perfectionist and people-pleasing thinking, which is what was modeled for me in childhood. Um, thank you, Argentina and Catholicism, right? Put everyone else ahead of you if you are socialized as a woman, if that's what you're assigned at birth, which I was. Uh, and so I came to understand that my life was not for me. It was to keep everyone else pleased, everyone else happy to show up as the good girl, the perfect girl. And when that didn't work as the rebel, as the I don't care, as the fiercely independent, because I was so co-dependent, I didn't know how to be uh, show up in mutuality, right, in autonomy to create those loving bonds with other people from a place of not abandoning myself. And so that interplay of my digestion, I had parasites and uh, small intestine bacterial overgrowth, you know, that interplayed with, um, with my stories that it was somehow wrong, selfish, problematic to care for me. Throughout that process, as I started to find the healers, right, the folks who had the skills, I'll actually, let me rewind that, no one's my healer but me, right, and no one's your healer but you, others are just your guide. But as I started to connect with people who had the skill sets and the training to help me heal my physiology, I would get better and relapse, get better and relapse. And that's where I started to understand the role of my own stories about myself. And so that led me, because I'm a nerd's nerd's nerd, I have a degree in epidemiology in addition to being a UCSF trained nurse I started studying our psychology. And that led me into the world of life coaching, which um, was the lens through which I could help see how I could be supportive for folks who were really in that morass of believing that their needs didn't matter and feeling really stuck, really sad, but then also, to put it very plainly, having trouble with their poop. <laughs> or hypothyroid, or Hashimoto's, or chronic migraines, or depression, anxiety, right? It was my lens to see how uh, that interplay was affecting how we show up in love as a parent or as someone's child, as a business owner, as an employee, right? In all of our various roles, how are these stories about our own worth, our own value, what it is that makes us lovable mammals, how is that impacting how we show up and lead or follow, right? What are, what are the moralistic stories we're telling about our own experience of, of being in relationship with others through the lens of our own relationship with ourselves? Oh, and so, yeah, <laughs> so much. And so, so I'm sorry, I interrupted. Go no, ahead. No, please. No, no, no. Just, you know, I, I know that this this process of coming to understand my own adult mind and learning what it means to lovingly, gently manage my mind, right? The way you manage a toddler who's about to put her hand on the stove and you're like, baby, no, no, no. So now when my brain goes to, he didn't ask me anything about myself, I'm not worthy. I can say, mm, baby, no, no, no. You don't need to choose that story, right? And I can love up on my inner children and show up as my own most loving adult to say, let's pick something else. Let's pick a different story. I'm here for yeah. it. 
I love, love, love what you bring up just in regards to being in relation with one another and choosing how we show up in relationships. And I, I hear you a lot speak about this theme. I think you call it mutuality, right? Where it's not necessarily all rooted in us and our experience of everything, but there's, there's reciprocity there. And I'm, I'm really interested in, I guess where I want to start is just your take on the entire wellness, you know, movement that we see, particularly in the online space, let's call it what it is, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and how that kind of interplays with how we are treating other people and being in relationship with other people. Because I find that that's a very interesting nuance. And I think I'm going to throw in my own opinion real quick. What I see yeah. in regards to uh, not all, there are some great people out there that I've been introduced to, but what I see often in regards to some of these wellness conversations is it feels very rooted in myself. And I don't hear, honestly, it's not that people are saying wrong things. I just don't hear a lot of conversation about that interplay of wellness in relation with other people, which is pretty much my whole life. And it's what I teach right. like leaders how to be mm-hmm. in relation with other people. Right. So that's a very interesting take. And I would love to hear yours on it. Yeah. Well, I would say that that rugged individual sounds about white. You know, like that's some white ass shit. I'm just going to just name that, right? Like that is a Eurocentric worldview of how, what it means to be in the world. So what I want to honor as a white Latina is that community is the central of everything for me. And when we have been trained up to be codependent, right, to have that be our thinking pattern and our habit, when we've been trained and indoctrinated, programmed to people, please, before we ever give ourselves a crumb, right, when you deserve the whole croissant, but like there is what's lacking in that online discourse and what makes it sound just about why it is, is the second half of that. Because from codependent thinking, step one is you need to put yourself first. And what's not being talked about enough, in my opinion, is the why and the where. Where where are you you going with that, right? So that's posited as the end point. Whereas for me, it's one plank on a bridge, Mm -hmm. right? The bridge to the other side, yeah, is collective healing, is collective healing. Because what, what am I healing for if we are not healing, right? None of us without all of us. Yeah. 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 Go ahead. Go ahead. That, I'm just, I'm not, uh, no words. You know what I'm saying? Um, just kind of in awe a little bit, because this is the part of the conversation that I think inherently I have. It's funny. It's not until you get in community and in discussion with somebody who brings that to the table did I really feel sincerely immediately I was like that's that's been missing I have not been having this conversation with people and I think that the way you look at it with like the it's one plank to the bridge towards collective healing that's beautiful and that's next level and I think it's a very valid conversation worth having. I'm glad we're having it <laughs> Me too. That's why we're here. Listen, if you live a life with no boundaries, you are not protecting your relationships. If you live a life with no limits, you are not protecting your relationships. Living with the seething internal poison of resentment, anger, annoyance, irritation, that is that is not living in honesty, in an honest uh, community towards collective wellness. That's some BS. That is, that is very selfish. Say more about that. 
I, let me see, hold on here. Here we go. Here we go. So I care more. It's, it's this, it's manipulative. I am more comfortable with being in resentment, the discomfort of resentment, because that's the discomfort I know. It's also self-protective. Let's always, I'm always, I am a love monster. Let's bring in love. Let's bring in care. It is what your inner children, it's what your nervous system understands as safe, right? Is, is to be in this self-protective stance. So let's marry them in the middle, right? We're not throwing anyone under the bus. We're not saying anyone's a victim, we're not blaming any, right? We're just, this is what we do from a codependent mindset. It is more comfortable for me to resent you, be annoyed with you, talk crap about you behind your back, be angry at you and seethe in that than to step into the discomfort that I don't know. That again, nervous system says like, oh crap, interoception, exteroception, this is unsafe. I like that other, the safe discomfort right? Better, more, much more better, please. So that unsafe feeling discomfort is, hey, um, we need to have an honest conversation here. When you come into my house without knocking, without calling, that really doesn't work for me. I need us to set up a, a different system, please. Right? That is so... <laughs> so honoring, again, the nervous system response, but also like, baby... Take responsibility for being in that seething, in that resentment, in that anger that keeps you from being in a loving connection. Because each loving connection is one more loving connection, which does in turn help heal the world. Ooh, so I immediately just thought I like to take things to a personal perspective before we apply them to, you know, a team business leader Mm -hmm. perspective. And I'm married been married for a number of years now. And so I immediately thought of my husband and just thinking of the times where we choose to stay mad without communicating what we're mad about. That's the easiest example that just popped up into my head so naturally. It's it's that middle school silent treatment stuff. <laughs> and I was, I'll t- I'm literally talking about middle school. I was so good at that in middle school. And I remember as I continued to, you know, grow up and obviously go through sure. puberty and like mature right. and whatnot. I remember actually being challenged. I don't remember by who challenged me with it. Some elder in my community, but someone challenged me on the pride that I had in my ability to hold resentment because I used to go around. I remember being like 14 years old and saying, oh, I can cut a, cut a friend off and be done. And that's that. And I don't care. Right. And I used to be really proud of that. I thought of it like a skill (laughs) to be honest with you. And that like, that's that seething and just holding onto it and our ability to take responsibility for the fact that you're choosing not to have that uncomfortable conversation with that friend mm-hmm. that you know you know what bothers you and you don't want to talk about it. And we do that in business all the time. All the time. Ooh. A client of mine the other day was like, oh, my business manager keeps effing up left, right, and center. And I'm like, did you, did you do the talkings with about that? Did you words have? She was like, no, I don't want her to be mad at me. And I'm like, oh, that is no way to CEO. Like that is what? Hear it all the time. I'm curious from your perspective, because you just, you just word things in such a magical way already, but I'm curious from your take, some of those behaviors of 
being mad and being super annoyed with the people on our team or the contractor or whomever we're in relationship with in business and holding on to it rather than expressing it. Like, what are some of the things that you've seen? What are some of the better, more healthy behaviors that we could be engaging in to replace it? Right. Well, I would start by backing way up and asking yourself why it annoys or bothers you, right? Like, why is this touching? Asking yourself, first of all, if the emotion you're having is right-sized or if it's touching on something old that's bringing other stuff in, right? Like, so is it bringing in, is it touching on your fears of your business failing? Is it touching on scarcity issues? Is it touching on that thing your dad always used to say, right? Like, what, why does this feel so big? Or is it like, no, you know what? This is a two out of 10 annoyance and I feel two out of 10. I asked her to have it done by five. It's 6.30. I'm annoyed. Fine. Then we get to look at expectations. So my, if the folks I work with are perfectionist people pleasers, are folks who um, live in, uh, my favorite therapist 2000 years ago said this, um, she used to talk about thought fantasies. Um, and so that's, that's really this useful lens for me of like, from perfectionism, we have these, these thought fantasies that because we kill ourselves day in and day out, pushing ourselves to the, to the end for everything to be perfect, which is in air quotes, you can't see because like, what the F is that, right? But we have this internal notion that we that is subjective. We believe it's objective. We believe it's a fact that things need to be done in a specific way. And so we don't let ourselves rest. We don't let ourselves pause, right? We don't take the nap. We don't go to the beach. We don't, we work and we make it perfect. And if it's A plus or it's nothing, meaning we procrastinate and it's literally nothing, right? And so what the F? If this is how I work, why aren't you doing it the same? I have these ridiculous perfectionist thought fantasy expectations of myself without even often, without even communicating the standards to you. I expect that you have my same standards, my same expectations, my same notions of what what it is. It's hard. And it's so, I'm smiling just in agreement, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I've found even through the work that I do with entrepreneurs in particular, something about that inherent drive that you need to even want to go out and start the business. Most of my own clients tend to be high-performing, highly motivated, highly perfectionistic women as well. And so a lot of the language that you're using, I'm just like, you're taking the words right out of the boxer messages of what are you doing, you magical woman? (laughs) Oh, I love that. I mean, I know us, right? And this is, I've gotten, I've been handed the gift of the opportunity and P.S., Opportunity gifts can be really effing annoying. Like, I think that's totally fine to be like, oh, I don't want this gift. I get annoyed by this gift, but I will transform it into a gift. And it's either that or it's waste the day being annoyed it's happening. Anyway, listen, so I have been granted this opportunity many, many times where I have gotten the chance to uh, come into right relationship with the humans who work on my team. You know, I can think back to my first VA when I first started my functional medicine clinic 
many moons ago. And I, and I have, have since very much apologized to her, would be chronically angry with her for not reading my mind, right? I would tell her, I want you to get A to Z done, but I didn't let her know there were 24 letters in the middle, right? So then when she got to F and was like, I don't know, where do I, what do I? And I was like, how do you not know what I didn't tell you? How do you not know how to do this exactly perfectly how I want you to, but I give you no guidance. How dare you not know what I was thinking? How dare you? (laughs) You're out to get me. Telepathic VA. You're the worst. Uh, The worst. It's it's like the skill set of telepathy was not on your resume. Did I miss that? Because I swear Um, I saw it there. (laughs) Um, That was in the job description with must read my mind. Right. But the way you do oh every, anything is the way you do everything. So if yeah. you are like mad at your partner because they didn't read your mind and mad at your grown child because they didn't read your mind and mad at, you know, why don't my parents, this came up in coaching today. Uh, one woman was like, you know, my mom is this overshare and won't shut up. And all I want is for her to ask me questions. And then another human shared that their dad never asked them questions. Why don't you love me enough to ask questions about me? So we want people to want to want the thing we want them to want to want. And we just don't get to do that in life. We can't manage other people's minds for that. Mm. We can let them know. Right. And this is, you know, and I think this is really important to say, right? We cannot, we can't control anybody. Let that go. But we can have operating manuals. So I talk a lot about the concept of um, an owner's manual or an operating manual for other people, right? Like you get like the owner's manual for your sewing machine or whatever. Does anyone but me have a like sewing machine? Anyway, so um, it's the guidebook to how things people should behave. And we get so stuck in it, right? You should be doing this differently, but they don't want to. And where I do think we do get to have that operating manual is with children for their safety, right? Like grownups, it's like legit your job. If you made or otherwise acquired a child, like you're you're the, you know, you got to keep it safe. Um, And employees, right? We do get to some extent to say, this is how it is. Like you will not send out emails with grammatical errors. And I think what is often missing, like what often happens is there's this conflation without, for my clients and legit for me, right? This is something I've worked through with my own sense of worth and wellness. And then we, and their value as a human. I have to take a moment to thank the sponsor of today's episode, Primally Pure. Y'all, I'm not going to get too deep into this, but I've tried a lot of natural deodorants and my husband disapproves of 99.9% of them, but not my new Primally Pure Charcoal Deodorant. I have been so excited to share this with you because I have been testing it myself for three full months before I decided that it was worth sharing. This is absolutely my hands down favorite natural deodorant and I've tried at least five or six brands by now. And even better, it can be your new favorite too. You can get your next order for 10% off by using the code TIANA10. That's right, T-I-A-N-N-A-1-0, and you're on your way to your new favorite deodorant. 
and hopefully your significant other will approve of this one. Because <laughs> I was interested in what you were saying about kind of like the owner's manual and how we do get to have that with employees, yeah. which I definitely agree with and stand definitely. by based on my own practice. But I'm right. interested in where you've seen the line get blurred between what reasonably, yes, like grammatical errors in emails, the way that we treat a client, even if the client is upset with us and kind of crossing our own boundaries, those sorts of things I understand. Where do you, where have you seen in your experience that line getting real blurry and real crossed? In terms of what we expect our employees to like just magically know how to, yeah, go I, on. Yeah, I think in terms of the behavioral expectations that we place on our employees and our team members. Yeah, I mean, I think it runs the gamut again from like, why aren't you reading my mind? Um, you know, and and then I one of the things that I have historically done and my clients do all the time is catastrophizing. So taking some small something and allowing it to touch on our larger fears, those unmetabolized. So a lot of the work I do is yes, cognitive, yes, thought work. And from all my my many, many years in medicine, I do a lot of somatic work. So a lot of body-based work. And so what, what are the fears around my own business, my own success, my own future that I have not metabolized? that I have not processed through my human form. And I've just sort of like shoved into a dark corner. And now this person not sending that email out by 5 p.m., which nine times out of 10 doesn't actually matter. You just have told the story that it matters, right? I mean, unless you're doing actual rocket surgery and then it might actually matter. Mm-hmm. But but like legit, my podcast goes out at like 9 a.m. on Thursdays instead of 8. Like no one's like, oh my God, feminist wellness went out an hour late. This is horrifying. <laughs> Unsubscribe. I hate her. Hate yeah. her. Yeah. At the end of the day, I'm like, no yeah. one's checking for us that hard, y'all. They're really not. Yo, and if they are like, okay, cool. It's like fine. not my circus, not my monkeys, you know, like I don't, I I don't know. I, you know, and then this is also coming to me. Like I was at the supermarket yesterday and my, my groceries for the week came to $12 and 90 cents because I'm in a continually failing Argentine economy. And the cashier said to me, how many payments would you like? Meaning do you want to pay for this all at once? Or do you want to spread it over three months? Meaning most of this country before this pandemic, but most certainly within this pandemic, are spreading out $13 worth of groceries over three months because that's the only option. Mm. And you're losing your shit because your your email went out at 501. Sounds about white. Mm. Priorities. But just priorities mm-hmm. and contextualizing and just just running a check. You know what I mean? Like when things touch really deep on old wounding, old stories about our worth, things that are little feel enormous. And I don't want to negate that, right? I don't want to negate that it feels enormous. But what you get to do is, is to just, just check that out for a hot second. Like, is this really a big deal? Why? What is the fear driver for making this a big deal? 
in my own life is this really, do I want to die on this hill, on this sword? Or does it serve me, my, whomever I'm serving, my employees, the world, to let it go, right? To like, just a little bit and just allow for some flow, some perspective. $12.90 of groceries, how many months would you like to pay this off in? Come on now. And Argentina, we're not, we're not, we, we got it good. You know what I mean? We got it real good in terms of global economy, right? So just asking yourself why, you know, and Pema Chodron asks this question and I, I, uh, in one of her books, I, of course it's escaping me right now. Do I want this to matter? Do I want to make the choice to have this matter right now? And I think it's a question where most of us aren't asking enough. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. But I just went off. So, no, you're fine. You and I want to, <laughs> I want to challenge us the way I have, and I'm sure you have had clients challenge us before. So I'm gonna say this. Mm. We're talking, we're talking about, you know, okay, I don't want to die on this hill on this sword right now, right? So I'm choosing not to let this matter. Okay. There's the client. Someone is listening and they're like, but Tiana, let me tell you. <laughs> say my name just like that, Tiana, let me tell you, this hill has popped up in my life and in my relationship with this person 15 times now. So why can't I die on it? You have a reaction to that? I sure do. Why, why are you making it your problem? Why are you letting your blood pressure, your cortisol go up? Don't make it a problem. Make it the, the, the gift of clarity. This employee, literally every deck deadline or every third deadline cannot meet it. Here are the standards for Victoria Albino Wellness, for your organization, for your company, for your, these are our standards. We don't do this, right? Like you might say to a little kid, we don't hit in this family. We don't do that. And it's not, I don't need to die on that sword. There's no sword. There's a, there's a community standard, there's a collective standard, there's a standard for this organization. If you decline to meet it, but mark those words, you decline to meet it, cool, 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 cool. It has truly been a pleasure working with you two out of three deadlines. Ooh, what I Ciao. love about that, what yeah. I love, I'm like obsessed with the way you phrase that as well, because a lot of us, we very much personalize Right. Of course. When people are violating whatever those standards are. So it's like, and we also personalize the ownership of our company. So the phrase you hear all the time, this company is my baby, da, 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 all of that. So then anything that any of the people we are in relationship with within our companies, anything right. they do to break the rule or break the boundary or whatever, is it now a personal attack? And the way you framed it removed a lot of that very like tight in the chest feeling from it. You know? Yeah. Because listen, so so the work I teach, the thought work protocol I teach is us getting neutral when we choose to about the circumstances of life. Caveat. I am not saying the circumstances are neutral. Several, many things are horrifying. Racism, genocide, homophobia. We can go on. 
my point is we can choose to take a neutral lens on a circumstance in our own life for our own good. And from there, we can recognize the thought we are having about that circumstance, that situation, and choose the feeling we want to create in our own physiology through the molecules of emotion that get released when we have a cognition. And when there's that interplay between across the vagus nerve into our gut, into our bodies. And from there, we, we simply get to choose. And so you never have to choose that feeling of disrespected, that, right? Like, oh, she didn't meet the deadline again. I, I'm so disrespected. No, baby, she has terrible time management. That's like, that doesn't have <laughs> jack to do with you, right? Don't choose that thought. Mm -hmm. Why are you going to choose that thought? Also, furthermore, fine. Okay, if she's being disrespectful of you, like she is being, right? But that the thought error there is I am disrespected. No, mm -hmm. she is being, she is doing. Those are her actions driven by her feelings secondary to her thoughts. That has zero to do with you. Never, ever does it have anything to do with you as a human, me as a human. Her thoughts. Her thoughts. Um, Ma'am, so very, not very few times, actually a lot of my guests, because we have really great guests here, but very you many do. people, honestly, I'm just like, can we talk for the rest of the day, please? <laughs> like, let's yes. just continue this. We can. <laughs> um, I would love to hear from you as we start to wind down, wrap up. Any final, I don't know if it's a thought and after it's whatever you want it to be, any final whatever that you, based on this conversation, feel like whoever is listening to this needs to hear? Mm. Well, I mean, you know, around the theme of how can entrepreneurs stay in our wellness, stay in right relationship? I, you know what? Actually, that's the message. It's about right relationship. How are you in, and which is a Buddhist term, I do not claim to be a Buddhist, I simply like the writings and the lessons, no appropriation of that one, but um, what is right relationship, right? How am I interpreting the world? How am I showing up and what am I choosing to take on, right? Like we've been talking about, where can I set a limit, set a boundary, set an expectation and have clarity? And when things are touching on your wellness, on your, your internal, your sense of worth and value, which is the, the core wounding of codependent thinking, yeah, is that what everyone else thinks of me is so much more important than what I think of me. My worth and value has to do with what all y'all think, say, feel, Yelp review about me. But the more we can anchor ourselves within ourselves, in our own self-worth, and have our own back. The, re none, the rest of it just melts away. The like bad review is like, all right, right? Someone getting annoyed by your email sequence is like, all right. It's just other people's thoughts. And you like you said, you depersonalize. And from there you get to choose, you get to use your discernment. Is this actually a useful suggestion? Is this helpful? Is this something I want to investigate? Or is this just just not for me. This is just them working their own stuff out and pointing it towards me. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Absolutely. And either way, it does not have to cause us to spiral into a personal 
doom, resentment, gloom, whatever the the spiral is. We don't have to go into it. (laughs) Never. It it is. Yeah. It's always optional. Uh, The way regret is optional. The level of regret I see amongst most entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. right? Why did I spend a thousand dollars on that Facebook ad? That didn't even do well. Right. And it's like, okay, listen, you spent the grand. It's gone. You can beat yourself up now for a decision you made that past you made, and you can waste present use time because right now you're not making plans for future you. You're beating someone up, someone up who literally doesn't exist. You're fighting with the ghost of a notion of your past self. That person's gone. The Come future on, you yeah. doesn't even begin yet, and you're wasting her time. No, baby, no, no, no. Why? Why? We do it because we think that if we beat ourselves up enough and roll around in regret enough, we won't make the same mistakes again. But it's just not real. It's not true. It's, it's a false cognition and it's a lie that we tell ourselves. And we simply, we get to stop. Like, cut it out with love. <laughs> love you. Stop fighting a ghost. There's stop the message. <laughs> there's, the, there's the message. Let's put that on a t-shirt. Let's have t-shirts with your picture and mine. And it just says, stop fighting a ghost. <laughs> I would, I would, I actually just pre-ordered I would buy it. I would so. buy it. I'm on the I wait mean, list. I already did. They sold out. I'm, I'm on, on the wait, wait list. list. Shit. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll have my people call your people and we'll like, we'll work it out. I'm going to boost. Oh, I know someone uh-huh. on the inside, y'all. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, your face is legit on it. So I think like maybe we could bump you up like five places on the wait list. That's a valid point. I should have had you. my people you know, say that because how did I end up on the way? Anyways, anyways, guys, if you also want to be on the wait list, I'm just kidding. If you want to connect with Victoria, Victoria, you have to tell everybody all the places that you hang out because this was such a phenomenal conversation. And I genuinely know, I don't feel, I know that the right person who heard this is going to go seek you out. So where do they Mm. find you, ma'am? Thank you. Thank you. Um, so you can find me on the gram, uh, Victoria Albino Wellness. I give good gram. Uh, my podcast is called Feminist Wellness. It is for humans of all of the many, many, many genders um, who want to make their lives more better and support the collective growth. Um, and Feminist Wellness is on all the platforms, like every single one on Thursday it's by 8 a.m. or someone dies. Just kidding. Uh- <laughs> If you could see the face that your girl's making right now, it's amazing. Um, where else do I hang out? Um, oh, if you want um, a set of free meditations, uh, a practice called orienting, which is a nervous system practice because meditation is not for everyone. It can be really activating for certain nervous systems. It's not a great choice. Um, but if you want those, they're for free and for you with love right at the top of victoriaalbina.com. So head on over there, put your name and email in and boom, you get a a suite. There's an inner child meditation, boundaries and the orienting exercises and a couple other tasty treats. So right there for you. I'm going to make sure all of that goodness is in the speaker notes because I know people are going to be running over to those meditations. So that's very, very cool. Well, thank you so much. This has been really, really fun. And I'm really glad that we were able to have you on. Me too. Thank you. Thank you for having me.